Welcome to Prioritising Yourself, the podcast. I'm your host, Jen Parker. This podcast is to educate, inspire and inform women about the importance of prioritising your self-care to improve your body, mind and soul. Each week we will talk all things that affect and influence big-hearted women in life and also all the polarising topics that affect women. This podcast is proudly sponsored by my one-on-one three-month coaching program that moves women from feeling overwhelmed and compromising their values to become the master communicators of their internal and external environments. Um, Today's episode, I am so, so excited to um, introduce to you Jen Demiri, who is a breakup mindset and life coach. She guides her clients through the most vulnerable and raw period of their life and on their path to unconditional love for themselves and the desired path. So I'm so excited because Jen and I met, uh, I think it was last year at an event and we really just um, vibed and we're very similar in sort of our vision of what we want to create in the world. So welcome, Jen. Hi, Jen. (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) My pleasure. My pleasure. So before we sort of dive deep and introduce who you are and a little bit about your business, how did you prioritise yourself this morning? Yes. um, So I actually have been experimenting with routines for quite some time now and um, always really struggled to find a routine that works for me. But now I think I actually have a down pat now. Um, so what I did this morning is I got up around six o'clock and um, then I took a couple of minutes to myself to just practice some gratitude, said a few things that I'm grateful for to myself. And then I meditated for about 15 minutes. Um, then I picked up a book and read for about half an hour as well and then I went for a walk with my housemate and her dog Um, after that I took some time to do some journaling and have a cup of tea while I was doing that sometimes I also have like ceremonial cacao or or coffee Uh, this morning it was tea and yeah, then I just had um, a, bre- a little bit of breakfast and started to get ready for my work day. Yeah. Well, first of all, that all sounds absolutely delicious. Um, and you're right, like routines can start off quite um, difficult because you can see sometimes when people have been doing it for a while, like yourself, they sort of go, oh, gosh, I've got to do all of these things. And sometimes it's just starting with the smallest thing first, isn't it? You know, start small where you are. And then when that feels, you know, like you've got a bit of um, consistency, that's always when I suggest to clients to add a little bit more. But I love all of those. That sounds absolutely delicious, all of those things. Um, So, yeah, that's absolutely good and so important for you know us as women to make that time to prioritize ourselves and I know it can be quite difficult and some mornings um, I know for myself this morning things don't always go to plan so sometimes we've got to give ourselves just that reminder of you know loving ourselves and just 
how important that is and however that looks it's okay so that's so yeah, beautiful absolutely. yeah so yeah and um oh sorry no no um, no you go <laughs> um yeah I mean for so long I've listened to other people as well and listened to what they do in the morning and you know I when I started with my routines I always thought oh this is how it has to be this is how it has to be and it ended up feeling more like a chore rather than something that I do for myself Mm. so yeah now I'm actually really really happy with what I've created for the morning and I have a separate evening routine as well so yeah, um, I think I finally come to the point where I actually really enjoy what I do and, yeah, don't follow someone else's routine. So I think it's so important to just create this the way it works best for you. And everyone's different. Like, I don't have children, so there is obviously a lot more space I can create for myself in the morning um, versus someone like you that has, has children and you know, um, it is a little bit more challenging to create that space because you often put a priority on your kids, of course, as well. So, yeah, I think it just needs to be something that works for you and your lifestyle as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as women, we can use the excuse of our kids. Yeah. Um, For me, however, I was doing, I've actually set up a room, like the spare room is now my meditation room. And oh, this so morning, yeah, it's it's beautiful. I need to do a few things, but this morning I was sort of in. I'm doing a 21 day challenge, and I was doing my meditation. And my eldest opened the door and just started talking, and I was like, oh. So it sort of um, disrupted the zen. So I had to sort of prioritize that a bit later. That's why we started a bit later with our podcast. So sometimes mm. it just looks different. And that's okay. And just coming from a kind and loving, compassionate heart, that sometimes we've got to do that. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, for those who listeners who don't know who you are, could you introduce a little bit about yourself and about your business? Yeah, sure. So, um, as you so beautifully introduced me earlier, I'm a breakup recovery coach, um, mindset and life coach. So, Um, I really started my personal healing journey in 2018 when my then husband and I separated and I did a lot of work on myself and really realizing some traumas that I had in the past and working through those Um, and yeah slowly slowly um, yeah evolved from there and became the or more and more the person that I wanted to be and that I'm setting out to be and I'm still working on that every single day to yeah become the person that my future self can yeah thank me for and um yeah last year in 2020 when um we were in our first ever lockdown I was in a corporate job in a hotel and I worked ridiculous long hours I sometimes started at 7 30 in the morning and didn't finish until 7 30 8 p.m so really really long days no prioritizing of myself whatsoever and um, I realized that that's not what I want to keep doing in my life 
So during this whole time of being stood down from my role, I really had some time to create space for myself, to prioritize myself and look really deep down on what I want to do with my life and how I can give back as well. So the idea of Create Again came about. Um, Yes, I really wanted to help other women and men following a separation or divorce to really figure out who they are. So many people lose themselves in their relationships and yeah, forget who they are as an individual. It's always just a couple. So I have definitely done that and wanted to help other people to sort of break that habit and yeah, create something beautiful for themselves that they can even keep going when they are in a new relationship moving forward. And, um, yes, I'm doing a lot of work now with my clients on the inner critic. So really understanding how self-talk can impact us and how we also show up in the world. I talk to my clients about what their values are and how to set boundaries. And this boundary setting component, again, is really, really important when you go into a new relationship. Further to that, I also really um, speak to them and try to understand what their attachment style is as well. So from a very young age, we are sort of prone to, you know, attach ourselves to other people in a particular way. And that really comes from our upbringing as as babies and um, understanding how people attach to other people says aloud about what sort of patterns they bring into their relationships. And when you do understand that, um, you can actually acknowledge it a lot quicker and then get into a new relationship, not bringing those things with you or are a lot more aware and can sort of acknowledge and say, oh, I'm doing this right now. This is actually a pattern that I left behind. What can I now do to overcome this and become a better partner in that relationship moving forward as well? And then, of course, it's all about, yeah, creating a version of you that you can be proud of and understanding as well that it will be, as soon as you start working on yourself, it will be a never-ending journey. Mm. You will always keep working on yourself. Absolutely. And I love how you've spoken about, you know, create again. You know, it's, it's understanding that, during that time of grief when you're grieving for that life that you once had and creating something that is really in alignment to you and being really strong in your value so you're not going into this same situation again with another relationship because you haven't healed those childhood traumas or those wounds that you've never really sort of you know looked at and what do I need in this moment? A lot of the time we've really been conditioned in society to look externally from us for our happiness. So I love how you're creating a business that is helping women and men really understand that it's about them and about their journey. So they're not making those same, they're not looking for those same things externally rather than internally so yeah that's I love that that's so beautifully yeah absolutely and as you said um 
yes, we are so conditioned to look for external validation rather than looking deep inside and being able to be our own cheerleader, being able to be our own support system, being able to soothe ourselves in challenging situations, being able to understand why we react a certain way in certain situations. And if we understand all of this, that helps us so much to acknowledge it, acknowledge it a lot quicker. And moving forward, um, every time we come into that same situation, we will be able to acknowledge it and we'll be able to act and react in a very, very different way. And it's also about energy, right? So it's your own personal energy that changes with the way you heal yourself as well. The more you heal, the more your energy and vibration changes and the more people you attract into your life that have the same values that are of a different vibration as well so yeah and as you said there's so much conditioning and especially during that grieving process um it comes out what really is yours and what actually isn't yours yes yeah sorry i um the reality of being a mother with two sick children at home has sort of I've got a little child beside me (laughs) just the reality so I'm just sort of showing the reality so hang on yeah so I absolutely agree that we really need to understand where all these patterns are coming from and I think especially as women we have especially if we're big-hearted we have a tendency to look at relationships thinking I'm I can fix that person because we are an empath or we're you know the the sensitive person and we're seeing that and often we're looking at those relationships that could be more of the that person may have no desire or they may be um, they can't be saved because they could be a narcissist you know, so it's understanding. Mm. I like how you've sort of spoken about it's really what we are doing and not looking externally. And I think a lot of the time as women, we've just been conditioned to be the, the carers and the nurturers and, you know, always looking after everyone else, which has such, can really affect how we feel about ourselves. And then we go into relationships thinking we're going to have this huge fulfillment but if we haven't done the deep love first then we always have that gap within us so yeah I think that's really important yeah I mean I think um yes there's absolutely a component of conditioning in this world for us to be the carers and the nurturers but also if you do look back time and time you know back to when we were in caves Women were the nurturers and the caregivers. However, they always were able to stand up for themselves a lot more than what we are today. They did still have their own lives, their own circles, their own space, although they were the nurturers. And also today, us as women, we are often on our own. Back in the day, in caves, we had like a whole village of people supporting us through raising a child or 
whatever we had to go through. So I, the saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm. Back in, in the caves, they did have that whole village. Today, it's just us most of the time with obviously the support of a partner but because it is just us it does take away so much of the time that we can prioritize on ourselves mm. yeah that's true and I I mean in a lot of the indigenous cultures they do have that notion you know that it's a whole yeah. community so they're sort of their support systems are very close and you know they've always got people who provide different elements that are important to them so they're getting that so yeah I think that's a good point you've brought up there yeah um for people who um a lot of you know the people that I I coach they struggle to communicate what's important and I think a lot of people really sort of expect that the other person fully understands and sometimes they really almost speak another language they might you might be an extrovert your partner's an introvert they have a completely different approach of seeing and perceiving the world around them so I'd love to know a little bit more about love languages and how that can really support a person and understanding how they can help their partner or people around them as well yeah, sure. I mean, first of all, besides the love language, communication is probably one of the biggest things and understanding, you know, if you are dealing with an introvert, extrovert or ambivert, I think that is so important and really understanding their style of communication when it comes to arguments, you know, actually try to see the other person's side as well. So rather than reacting taking a step back and sort of saying okay where does this particular point of view come from is that actually yours is it something from the outside what is actually happening right here and then really opening up the the communication channels that way mm. but um, love languages is really really a beautiful way to understand how people like to give and receive love because um not everyone likes the same things not everyone likes to communicate the same way and that is actually again a little bit off conditioning and the way we were brought up um but yeah dr chapman um created the five love languages and there's a beautiful um test for the five love languages out there as well to find out which love language you are um, but the five ones are words of affirmation physical touch quality time, receiving gifts and acts of service. So, and I know because you told me um, your highest one is words of affirmation mm. followed by acts of service and physical touch. Yes. So, and mine, for example, are physical touch and quality time. Um, so just to give a bit of an overview and I'm just going to make it a little bit brief for the moment. Um, but for example, I'm going to start with receiving gifts because that's neither of ours, um, but it's really the easiest out of all of them. So if your partner's love language is receiving gifts, then yes, it is receiving gifts. So it really is very self-explanatory, but it doesn't always have to be a bought gift. It can be something like a 
you know, little personally handmade card to saying how much you care for them. Or it can be, you know, um, some flowers that you pick out um, in the park or, yeah, just something really simple. It doesn't have to be like this big gift. Sometimes it can even just be a chocolate bar because you know that your partner is craving chocolate and just bring in a chocolate bar. You know, so it doesn't have to be extravagant. It doesn't have to be a diamond ring. It doesn't have to be other type of jewelry or a car or a dog or, you know, um, I don't know, a bungee jump experience. So it can really be just the small things and really just a tiny little gift to show how much you care for them, even if that's not yours. Mm. And, and I like that. It doesn't have to be. You Sometimes no. we think it's like the most expensive thing, but no. sometimes it's just showing your appreciation and love through something yeah. small, like even, you know, something that you're bringing in yeah. to show your love and appreciation. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So what are some of the other ones that um, love languages? Yep. So um, let's go with physical touch. So that is your third one, and that is my um, secondary one. So physical touch is really something that you do crave and would like that close connection with someone. So obviously cuddling, kissing, that is all part of physical touch. But sometimes it's really just, you know, having your hand on your partner's shoulder or taking the hand and walking through the shopping center holding hands so just that you have that physical connection as well and um i mean my my favorite is the big cuddles uh, on the couch so they are very important to me and physical touch is not necessarily sexual either so it is really just being close to someone and having yeah this other person really close in your space Mm. yeah no I love that yeah I think um I think I remember hearing growing up you know you need seven hugs a day and um I remember like all my sort of high school friends we would always hug each other you know Mm. constantly yeah and then it sort of just wavered off when you sort of you know get older but you know I even though mine was a little bit further down I love giving my boys hugs and sometimes they sort of love it in the morning so yes yeah, mm, it does make yeah. you feel yeah it really warm inside yeah I love that thank yeah. you and I, I love hugs and I'm, I've been told I'm a really good hugger uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. especially um, at a retreat that I was at recently there was lots of hugging going on and um, yeah someone said to me you give the best mama bear hugs so <laughs> And, you know, if I don't get hugs from someone else, I sometimes actually sit there and hug myself and show myself a little bit of love and that physical connection. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yes. Then now we have quality time. So quality time is really something that we've lost a lot about with the introduction of mobile phones. Um, because even though we're in the same room together, we often spend more time on our phones than actually with the person that we share the room with. 
So quality time is really putting the devices away, spending time with each other, having conversations, um, reading a book even next to each other. Even though you might not talk to each other, you do spend that time and share that space. I, for example, really like lying in the park and reading a book with, you know, um, a partner or, I mean, sometimes it can be watching TV as well, as long as you both enjoy what you're watching and you're still sort of agreeing on what you're watching. But as soon as someone sort of grabs the phone, that is uh, pretty much a no-no and against that quality time. I also have the, the rule now, no phone on the dinner table or any meal table for that matter, um, to really spend the time with that person that I am dining and re being fully present, showing that person that I am there, I want to speak to you, I want to communicate with you, and no one else is having my attention but you. Mm. And that is so, so important, the quality time. Yeah, and I think we, we we probably all a little bit can be guilty of, you know, checking on our phone or because there's so many things on our phone. It's not just sort of um, receiving phone calls or text messages. There's the whole social media, which we're connecting, but sometimes we can be not being present in that moment. So that can sort of affect us. And then obviously there's other things on our mobile phone that can sort of, um, while there's so many benefits, it's, you know, if we are someone who really appreciates quality time or just in general as a human being, it can really take away. So I think you've brought up some things that, you know, if you are choosing to be together and watching TV, watching something you both like, and what do you think happens when people are on their mobile? It just sort of changes the, I suppose, the, the mood and also that energy flow because you're not sort of connected to the same thing, would you say? Yes, absolutely. And again, um, I, I mean, you mentioned that social media connects you, but does it really? Does it really connect you or does it just give you the perception of connection? Mm, yes, that's actually a really good point because um, when you have a business or you are using social media as a way of reaching out a particular message, you are using it as a way of promoting awareness. However, yes. it can go two ways. Are we truly connected? Because I don't think anything beats the face-to-face connection that you have with people um you know nothing beats it you know and that's why yeah. during these times of COVID and a lot of people are really struggling in their mental health because what's really important mm. as human beings is we thrive on human interaction yeah and so when people you know, here, you know, there's another isolation, lockdown, which is a terrible word because people think, oh, my God, I'm in prison. And when we know we can't do something, our brains want to do it even more. You know, it's like, oh, I can't do that. And then, you know, and then it's like, oh, my gosh, do I have to do homeschooling? So it's sometimes it can bring up all of those emotions and 
experiences. But yes, yeah, social media can have positive sides, but it also can actually bring us out of touch because a lot of the time we're connecting to other people that we're not, we don't know, and we're losing touch with the people that we love closest to us. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And what was the right. other ones? There was physical yeah. touch, quality time. So we still have acts of service and words of affirmation. So I'm going to yeah. go with acts of service next. So acts of service is something that, for example, let's say you have a long day at work and your partner's home before you and your partner knows that um, you, yeah, you had a really full schedule at work with meetings back to back. So acts of service would be if he starts to cook dinner or starts setting the table or empty the dishwasher, so start the laundry so that way you don't have to do it when you get home. So many men especially complain about their wives nagging that uh, he hasn't put up a shelf in the garage or somewhere else or he hasn't painted the deck or the outside of the house or the fence it's often not about actually painting the deck it's not about putting up the shelf it's more about the act of doing something for your partner that your partner would like done mm. um, or need support with because they might not have the the capability um, or the skill set to do it themselves I mean I could easily put up a shelf myself but Sometimes it's just really nice if someone else does it for you. I can carry the bags of the groceries inside the house myself. But you know what? Sometimes when someone offers me to help me carry them, why not? That just shows, you know, by, by letting them not do it, often also robs them of the opportunity to show you how much they care about you because maybe um, acts of service is their love language. So by not letting them help you, you also deny them the opportunity to show you their affection. Um, but then again, the other way around as well. So um, when you do have that sort of nagging partner at home, it's often more that they just would like to, yeah, receive that sort of view of someone actually cares for you and they do it for you because they care for you, not necessarily because it's a shelf that needs to be put up. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think as women, we, we do a lot of acts of service. Yeah, we do a lot of things. Um, probably we, we do more than we ever used to. We're working full time jobs. You know, we're looking after, you know, we're building friendships, communities, a lot of the time, women are sort of putting their hands up to multiple things, maybe at the time they don't want to. And there is always, they're doing it to help others. They're giving sort of, you know, all the stuff that they do for the, you know, you, in the house, you know, you're doing it because one, it probably it needs to be done, but you're doing it because you, you, you love and care for these people. So, yeah, I think that's important. And when you were talking about a nag, that's my catchphrase. Like what I tell people is I help big hearted women prioritise time for themselves without compromising their values or sounding like a nag because I think a lot of the time yeah. it's actually that exchange of communication of how yeah. 
this is what I want. And a lot of women go either into completely neglecting what they want or they come across as too much of that masculine assertive energy where that can be seen as being a nag or the other person finds that a little bit too much. So how do you sort of come both ways? So I think they're, they're good points about, yeah, the acts of service and just understanding where that other person might be needing in that moment. Yeah, so yeah. just coming from that perspective. Yeah, I love that. And again, communicate to your partner, look, I'm not doing this to be an egg. This would actually show me, you know, that you care for me in in a weird way or well, not weird way but like in a different way you know like for me this means you doing this for me means that you care for me I know you might have a different love language but yeah have that communication but also you were saying that us as women do a lot of acts of service what we then forget sometimes as well is to be able to receive acts of service we often push it away because yes. we're so used to giving yes. acts of service that we completely forget how to receive and receiving is as important. And as I was saying earlier, by receiving acts of service, it often robs the other person of giving it. And what can happen in a relationship as well, that your partner wants to provide your acts of service, but you don't let them actually give it to you. You don't receive it. Like, for example, carrying the, shopping bags inside the house and then when it comes to other ways of acts of service that's when they sort of sometimes think well where's the point you're not receiving it well anyways so that's where the communication is just so so important and allowing ourselves to receive those acts of service too I think that's really important what you said about receiving because a lot of the time it's like when we are wanting more abundance in our life or we're trying to manifest um, income or we're trying to manifest, you know, this dream life and there's a block, it's a receiving block because it's we have no problem about giving and, yes, I want these things. But I think as women we really struggle to understand about it's okay to receive let that yeah, person absolutely. give that, you know, if they want to do that, um, let them. Let it's, them it's do little, that. <laughs> yeah, but it's also, again, a little bit of this conditioning component, right? So how often has another woman told you, oh, the dress that you're wearing is beautiful? Rather than saying thank you, you might say, oh, thank you, it's from, you know, Target or it's like 10 years old or something like that. So you pretty much, you know, push it right back. You don't actually receive it and say, thank you, I know, or thank you, I appreciate that. Mm. And again, it comes a bit from the conditioning as well because we were told when we were children, it's egotistical to receive a compliment like that. You know, if someone tells you, you look, one, you look beautiful or you wear a beautiful dress, you know, it's going, it makes your head big. It's your ego that gets fed by a compliment like that. So that, that's where it really starts. That's where we don't allow ourselves to receive. And then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, and then 
we're trying to diminish ourselves by or just sort of yep. minimizing you know oh like you know it's not oh it's just 10 years old it's nothing yep. you know so it's almost Absolutely. like you're not fully allowing it's like when someone says correct hey, let me pay for this um yep. sure that would be lovely maybe i can get the next one that's their way of giving back and just it's correct. difficult so for women who are struggling with that what would be something you would suggest they could start doing if they have a receiving block what could be something they could do yes and i'm speaking from experience yeah <laughs> <laughs> always really just yeah. start small just start small when someone does offer to pay for your coffee just say thank you and initially it might feel just this little bit weird in your stomach but say thank you and you get used to it. And the more and more, when people compliment you on your hair, your outfit, just say thank you. Don't throw it back and say, oh yeah, it's from Kmart or Target or it's 10 years old. Just say thank you. And when you feel comfortable with this, even say thank you, I know. Especially when you looked in the mirror in the morning and thought, yes, I'm looking great, I'm feeling good. When you then put that out, that energy out into the world and then people compliment you on it because they, they see the energy that you put out there, let them give it to you and just say thank you and sometimes be bold and say thank you, I know. Yes, that's, that's a good sort of some good strategies for people to sort of take on board when they're sort of trying, someone's trying to give them yeah. something, they can sort of just take it in yeah. small steps. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard. Oh, it's not easy. Not to begin with. No. It, no. Because of that, like you said, the conditioning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what was the... One more. Uh, yeah, oh, what sorry, was the yeah. love language? Yeah, so the last one is words of affirmation, which is your highest. Mm. Um, so words of affirmation... For a lot of people, they do need to hear things like, "You're well done, or you've done this really well, or that's really the feedback. It's a lot of the feedback. And that can be something that you also needed as a child a lot as well. So really hearing that a job is well done, hearing that you're loved, so you do need to hear a lot more than others that someone really loves and cares for you. Um, and it can be with like little notes as well. So you can leave like a little note in the lunchbox saying, you know, I care for you. I love you. Have a wonderful day. Um, yes, job well done on this. Celebrating your wins as well um, in sort of saying, yes, job well done on this. And your partner just needs to support you in that a little bit more. So um, with your podcast now that your partner tells you, well done on this. I'm so proud of you for having started this. It's out of your comfort zone. You're doing so well. That would be something that's important to you mm. because it really yeah, emphasizes this whole words of affirmation. Yes. Yeah. And I think... Yeah, for me, I I do like to sort of um, yeah, I, I'm some I'm very verbal at times, so I do mm. find I need someone just to basically hear me out, almost like 
hear me, but don't. I think a lot of men, um, when their partner may sort of be, you know, words of affirmation, they have a tendency to, okay, well, what do you want me to do to fix it? And women just, a lot of the time, they want to just vent it. You know, this is what's going on. And at times my husband's like, you know, I, I notice he uses a lot of the coaching questions I use on him. So he's just trying to back, you know, back on me and I'm like, but sometimes I just, you know, it's just holding space and often I just want to know, hey, you're doing an amazing job with this. You know, that's, you know, especially when you're sort of experiencing where you're just needing that extra um guidance or whatever it can really support you and I would still because I, I know a lot of the clients that I actually work with are also the same they need those words of affirmation but it's also understanding that we still have to seek it from internally first Absolutely. because a lot of the time that you know they can have this mindset of belief of I'm not worthy until I get that from someone else yeah. And it's like, yeah. yes, that's your word of affirmation. You know, that's how you receive to know you're on the right track, to give you feedback, etc. But just be mindful of how you're formulating that in your self-identity. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Yeah. And um Yes, it's it's just so important to give that to yourself first. But yes, we do sometimes need it from someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I am really liked with our um, conversation today, Jen, is really, if, you know, really about how you support people. It's really about, you know, the values and understanding the communication and the language of yeah. what you're actually speaking to your spouse. And a lot of that can actually be yeah. done. You know, it sounds like, you can actually support people now when they're in a relationship that's you know of you know how to actually communicate with their loved ones as well it sounds like oh, you know yeah you can it's not waiting until that moment is actually providing you know how can I be the best version of myself with my spouse now um, but a lot of the time um, when we dig deep into what we want then we're un aware of actually where we want to go in our life where we you know what's important to us does the other person have the same uh, values and vision in their life even though they might have a different outlook it's just understanding that so I love how you've spoken about love languages and really how we communicate in all such different ways and how we can sort of support our loved ones so I love how you've spoken about that it's really yeah I really enjoyed speaking with you today thank you so much you're welcome yeah so for people who would like to know a little bit more about where to find you and who might be in a situation where possibly they're in a relationship that not you know may not be sort of um, feeling in alignment or they might be want they have recently separated from a partner how, how could they find you if they're wanting some coaching with you yes absolutely so um they can find me on instagram at create again um or facebook create again coach 
Um, and of course, my website as well, uh, createagain.com.au. And I um, generally offer all potential clients a 20 to 30 minute complimentary breakthrough session. So during that time, we just um, do a bit of a dive into things that they would like to talk about, things that they would like to work on, uh, and just get a bit of an understanding of what their intentions are on working with me. And yes, when they do decide to book with me, um, we have I have a few different packages that I can then offer them based on yeah what what really um, comes out from the conversation that we have during that breakthrough session. So I then offer a couple of different options to work with me. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And what I'll do is I'll have. Um, Jen, how, how to find Jen on all her socials and her website so people can actually um, find you as well. And we will have all of the other details on the show notes today. So thank you, Jen, for coming on today. You, I'm so grateful. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. So thank you, all the listeners today, for listening to another podcast of Prioritize Yourself. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.